Gobert is publicly complaining about the refs and that the Shocker. TNT that the TNT crew is destroying him. So I'm very excited to see that. Good. After you know what? They, you know what? He should. They, they should destroy him. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 11 of the Burners and Basketball Podcast. I'm sure you hear a pep to my voice, something that maybe we don't hear every week, and that is because I am elated right now. Um, Adam knows this. We are recording fresh off of a Grizzlies playoff win, eight seed against a one seed Utah Jazz. But before we get into that, I want to make sure you guys remember the drill. Follow us on Twitter, Burners and B-Ball. Email us if you have anything to say, burnersandbasketball at gmail.com. And tweet any hot take you have about the NBA, aka that Dylan Brooks is the best player to ever live. Hashtag burner take for a chance to be discussed on this podcast let's get into it adam do you have any questions you want to ask me do i have any questions i want to ask you how do you uh, feel watching that game i f- i enjoyed it because you know i love the grizzlies i love lots of players on their team uh and part of me also was rooting for it because this podcast is probably going to be off the rails uh now that you have the energy from a grizzlies win yes Uh, So how are you feeling? Tell the people how you're doing. Okay, so the difference between Adam and I is that Adam is the professional one here. Sixers won today, eh, no big deal to him. Well, also the Sixers were supposed to win today, so it would be embarrassing if they hadn't. But me, I represent the fans. So all of you that are listening, just NBA fans, I am with you. No matter what I do, no matter if I am the number one Grizzlies beat writer in the city of Memphis, which is not the case. I am a fan of all else, and I get hype with everything else. It's in my blood from the G&G era. And wow. Um, I mean, let's start with Mike Conley, right? So <laughs> that's, how you Mike start Conley. Every con- that's how you start every conversation. <laughs> let's start with Mike Conley. Okay, true. Honestly. No, Zach Randolph. Let's start with him. I'm kidding. Mike Conley, my second favorite Grizzly of all time, adore the man, passing the torch to the young Ja Morant. We're about to get in a rebuild, right? Rebuilds take a long time. First year, we barely missed the playoffs. Second year, let's start with the play-in. Let's talk about the play-in tournament, Adam. Okay. Yeah. Just for the people listening to this, I put a pretty detailed outline of everything that's happened in the NBA in the last week. And we are probably just going to throw it all away and just talk about the Grizzlies for the next 40 minutes. Okay. No, you guys, we're going to talk about everything, but the Grizzlies have been, admit that the Grizzlies have been the stars of the NBA this week. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's been like very impressive, especially for a team as young as they are to uh, be doing the things that they're doing right now. Okay, so the play-in tournament happens. Um, There's a few good games. There's a few not-so-good games. The Eastern Conference, as we know, is a little bit lame. See, look at me talking about other teams. Uh, You have (laughs) the last game of the season. So the Grizzlies play the Warriors in the last game of the season. The winner gets the eight seed, and the loser gets the nine seed, which doesn't matter for playoff standings as much because now we have the play-in tournament. However... 
As we all know, the eight seed only has to win once. The nine seed has to win twice. The Warriors win. And they play the Lakers and we play the Spurs. So if the Warriors beat the Lakers, they're in the playoffs. I'm just I'm just explaining it because the plan's kind of confusing and I know everything about it because I was in it. But if I wasn't in it, I probably would have been. You confused. were in it specifically. I, I literally played in the play. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys saw me. It was it was in the fourth quarter, late minutes. But the Warriors play the Lakers, probably the most viewed game in a long time, and they lose. We beat the Spurs. And it is in this specific moment that I just know that that was how it was supposed to happen in order for us to make the playoffs. Because this Grizzlies team has always been about streaks. So, like, we'll have a losing streak. We build off of each win or loss. And the fact that we beat the Spurs, which was not difficult because the Spurs are just not very good. Well, I mean, it's not like it was the easiest thing ever, but in the fact that they lost to the Lakers, we were coming off of a win and they were coming off of a loss. And I just felt it in my bones that that was what was going to get us to the eighth seed. And I mean, can we talk about the poetry of the Grizzlies literally losing to the Warriors for the eighth seed. Steph Curry rips his shirt up. Like it was a meme. Everyone's like, oh my God, MVP as he is fantastic. Uh, Not to discredit that, but just for the Grizzlies to make them take the long road just to take it away from them is kind of poetic. Wouldn't you agree, Adam? Yes, I would. And it's, you know, it's cool that they have so many young players who are already battle tested, like, I mean, John Moran in year two, like, has so many do-or-die games already under his belt. And he's won most of them. And, like, that kind of experience is so valuable for young players and young teams. Right, right. Anyone else you want to mention? Uh, listen, I love everyone on the Grizzlies, if I'm being totally honest, because they, they just draft all of the best college players. And That's then everybody's true. like, whoa, this guy who's really good at basketball is still good at basketball. And everybody's exactly. Shocked. We don't try to, our front office doesn't try to be like smarter than everyone else. We just do what the smart people say is smart instead of being like, well, I know all these people say Desmond Bain is the greatest shooter to ever live, but what about him? You know? Yeah, the, the Grizzlies front office has been so good the last few years. I mean, really just like, Nailing every draft pick, getting guys like D'Anthony Melton, getting guys like Jonas Valanciunas, uh, Kyle Anderson, and like having internal guys like Dylan Brooks growing to be, you know, much better players. It's very yes. cool. Uh, and as a Sixers fan, I just spent five years watching a horrible front office almost screw things up entirely. Uh, and now Daryl Morey thankfully came in and made the save, but. Uh, it's really cool that you can have a bunch of young talent and a front office that knows exactly what to do with it. Period. (laughs) Yeah, but you mentioned Dylan Brooks, and I was a well-known Dylan Brooks hater last season in the bubble especially because, I mean, I don't even take it back because he was god-awful. He was god-awful after we gave him a contract. And at the beginning of the season, after maybe a few games... It's not like he made this insane jump. I just said, 
Molly, this player is the closest thing to Tony Allen that you will ever get and you need to love him. You need to love him and you need to believe in him because if you don't, you're lame. Join the team early and I'm so freaking glad I did because, I mean, without Dylan Brooks tonight, that game would have looked a whole lot different. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, Dylan Brooks has been awesome. He did a good job defensively the last few games and offensively, like I, you know, I know Dylan Brooks can shoot a little bit and he can do some stuff off the dribble, but I did not think he had a 31 point playoff game in there. That was, <laughs> that caught me off guard. Like, Generally, the Grizzlies doing well doesn't surprise me for all the reasons we just talked about with how well run they are. And Taylor Jenkins is obviously a great coach. Uh, but that is something that surprised me to see Dylan Brooks putting up 31 points in a playoff game against a very, very good jazz defense. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Taylor Jenkins being a very good coach, and I love a lot of what he's done. I think it was a very bold move to pull Brandon Clark from the rotation and put rookie Xavier Tillman in because, you know, you're going to cut down your rotation in bigger games. And I mean, that paid off what we see it's paid off and it's not what anyone would have wanted to admit needed to happen because you saw Brandon Clark last season and no one likes to admit the decline he's made this season. But after in that play in game, um, Taylor Jenkins had a very questionable moment of judgment. Do you know what I'm talking about, Adam? Oh, yes, the missed challenge. Yeah, so that game would have ended in regulation if Taylor Jenkins had challenged that call. Um, It was a three-pointer. I think it was one. Toscano Anderson. Yes, and he kicked his leg out, uh, and they called a foul, so he got three shots. If we hadn't won in overtime, which the odds were very low, the team that forces overtime, who has Steph Curry, is in their home environment, that team should win. And if we hadn't, we'd be having a whole different conversation about Taylor Jenkins. But I I stand by him right now. I loved his um, coaching at the end of the game when Kyle fouled. I thought that was really... Fouling up three is always the right move. Oh, man. I'm just, I was worried because our team has, they've been a little better the last few games, but free throws have been a big issue for us. But it didn't even come down to that because Dylan just got the quick shot. Um, So, yeah, we just, it's just exciting for me too, as a Grizzlies fan, Grizzlies whatever, made in Memphis. Seeing these guys that I know have been so excellent, forcing the world to watch them be excellent because you know no one's going to watch the Grizzlies unless they're forced to, right? So Jaw especially, doing it on that big stage where he, for the night, outplayed Steph Curry was just, it was so important because it just, there had been so much conversation about Jaw. You know, he claimed himself was one of the top five point guards which is questionable, <laughs> which uh, he's not. I don't hate the comment though. I, I like the comment. I like the confidence when you're asked, where do you rank yourself? And right. We talked about this when it happened. Like what else is he supposed to say? Exactly. Like, of course he should say that. You know, I've been really noticing that recently when I listen to these interviews on TNT or ESPN or whatever, like, the other night after we beat the Warriors, they said, Ja, was there a moment in this game that you were worried that you wouldn't win? And a comment and a question like that is setting him up to be like, well, you know, they have Steph Curry. So obviously there's always that fear. And then the headlines yeah. are 
John Morant was afraid of right. Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. It's like they set up for so much of that. But, I mean, I'm not going to talk about my predictions for the series because Donovan Mitchell didn't play tonight. Um, Rudy Gobert is sort of terrifying. But I do think that it's not going to be this... Well, clearly it's not going to be a sweep anymore, but I do think that people uh, underestimate the Grizzlies and they always have, which is kind of what this team has always thrived off of. And I don't know. I feel like I liked what they said when they lost to the Warriors in the last game of the season. They said, we still have the same destination in mind. This is just a different route. And they did yeah. it. We did it, Joe. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's like like you said, lots of people do not really watch the Grizzlies. Uh, you really have to either be in Memphis or like be like me, where you're such like a basketball nerd that you're just watching whoever's on League Pass every night. Right, um, right. So to, you know, kind of force the world to be like, whoa, the Grizzlies, cool, is, is cool. Mm-hmm. Just like from like for me as like not someone who's, like a Grizzlies fan necessarily, but someone who's just like a fan of a lot of their players and similar young players on other teams, especially small markets. Like it's really cool when they can get, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Some notoriety mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, might otherwise have not come. Uh, so to see the Grizzlies, you know, disrupting the playoffs, everybody wanted Steph against the jazz. They take that away from happening. And now the jazz probably thought, this is an easy four or five game sweep and they probably still win the series, but who knows? And after, and when you lose game one, that's a real gut punch. So uh, yeah, very happy for you. Thank you. And with Donovan Mitchell, I think that, I think what basically is happening is that he is, he would be able to play, but he's uncomfortable. So what they were doing, I feel like by not playing him game one is seeing if, you know, okay, can we beat this team without Donovan Mitchell? So I have a feeling he could be back game two because, honestly, on any other day, the Jazz without Donovan Mitchell could very easily beat us. It's just about the momentum. It's about the energy. These players, most of them have never been in the playoffs. Um, and, yeah, again, momentum. Because when you build off of wins and claw your way into the playoffs – we saw it in 2011, I think, when the Grizzlies were an eight seed. And I will mention this any chance I can. Hmm. Uh, and beat the number one seed, San Antonio Spurs. You never know. You never know. Yeah, I think another thing worth mentioning, especially with the Grizzlies, and like I noticed this in the Sixers series as well, they're playing the Wizards. Like Teams like the Sixers and Jazz who clinched their playoff spot have been resting for like a week, a week and a half even, while teams like the Grizzlies and the Wizards have stayed in a rhythm. So there's a ton of rust that like the, you know, the Sixers had a bunch of rust defensively. They were giving up way too many points in the second quarter to the Wizards. And then it took, eventually they kind of settled in and got back to what they do. But it's very real, the whole rust, uh, you know, rest versus rust thing that's going on, especially with the play in tournament where, you know, there are even more games going on down the stretch. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about, I, I see him on my TV. I still have the channel on. Let's talk about Rudy Gobert's um, 
highlight of the game. Oh God. Adam, take it away. I was too I was too into it to even fully grasp what was yeah. happening. So Rudy Gobert fouled out tonight and there had been some like chirping between Kyle Anderson and the uh, and the bench throughout the game. And Gobert, after like Kyle Anderson got fouled under the basket, he weirdly started like walking towards Kyle Anderson. This is after he fouled out. And like there's no reason for him to be walking in that direction. And Kyle Anderson like very lightly pushes him the other way so he can go back to onto the floor. And Rudy Gobert just like acts as if he's been shot. He just falls to the ground. He like leaps, falls down. And it's like, like, listen, if you could get a foul call with a flop during a game, I'm like totally cool with that. If you could trick the ref, good for you. But when you're not even in the game and like, like, man, there are cameras in the arena. Like we can all see what you're doing. It's like, and now like he's just going to get, you know, so much crap for it. And he probably deserves it. Uh, It was really bizarre. Uh, The fact that someone as big and giant as Rudy Gobert, like pretending that a little shove from Kyle Anderson is going to knock him to the ground. When he's not even in the game. (laughs) Right, and he's not even in the game. It was that incredibly weird. Wait, Adam, I'm going to do my best Rudy Gobert impression. Are you ready? Okay, ready. Very good. I hope that comes through. Molly was tapping her microphone. Oh, wait, uh, I forgot. This is Yeah, this is a podcast. <laughs> I tapped my microphone. Um, maybe there will be a video of that available for you yeah, guys. Yeah, this is, this is bad podcasting. But. It is horrible podcasting, but it was hilarious in the moment maybe not hilarious but i thought it was uh yeah so rudy gobert i've never been one to uh i mean i kind of make jokes about everybody but i really embraced the universal utah jazz slander tonight i said you know what i've never been one to slander them because i do love mike conley uh i don't even mind rudy gobert that much even though a lot of people don't like him but it's fun the Jazz are a fun team to talk 100%. shit on, honestly. Yeah. I, I see the hype, you guys. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool because they're fun to talk shit about. And at the same time, they are kind of fun to watch. And they like obviously are really right. good. And Rudy Gobert is like, you know, very annoying uh, in a way that rubs a lot of people the wrong way, myself included. But he's also like one of the best defensive players I've ever seen. Absolutely. Uh, so it's a... That's why this was probably, other than Suns-Lakers, this is probably the series I was most excited for outside of the Sixers. Uh, Because the Jazz, even, you know, when we all want them to lose for, you know, for the bits, uh, they're still, like, a fun team to watch. Like, they have tons of good players. Um, It's a really good roster. Quinn Snyder's a great coach. Uh, Mm. And, you know, obviously, it's a huge win for the Grizzlies to get one up on them, and we'll see if they can make it a real series. We'll see. Okay, you guys, as much as I could go on about the Grizzlies, the playoffs are happening right now. That is an exciting thing. Let's let's discuss other series. I hope you enjoyed our segment. Adam's like, what? I thought you were. I'm honestly shocked. I thought that all this outlining I did was going to be for naught. No, I want to give your outlining a chance. I think that there are some great things happening here. Let's bring up what matchup you want to talk about next. Yeah, the Suns and the Lakers. I think like everybody is extremely excited for this. 
Obviously, the Suns were incredible this year, and the Lakers were not, but they have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Uh, really fun game. Suns with a big win. Uh, LeBron was, you know, not bad, but not LeBron levels of great. Anthony Davis was actually very bad. There was a Chris Paul injury scare a couple times. Even LeBron had a quick injury, but he ended up being fine. Um, really fun game. Uh, I don't know if you caught it, but I did. Yeah, this is this is for me still the most exciting series that's going on in the league right now, just because how good the Suns are and how much they do it, you know, playing as a team and a cohesive unit versus the Lakers, where it's just like, all right, we haven't really been healthy ever. We haven't played as good as we need to, but we have LeBron and Anthony Davis. So hopefully we'll just win anyways. Yeah. Uh, it's a fascinating like dichotomy between those two. Uh, so I've been excited for this series ever since it looked like it was going to come to fruition. Obviously it did after the Lakers beat Golden State in the seven versus eight game in the playing tournament. Uh, yeah. You have any thoughts on Suns Lakers? You know what? I do. I actually, for once, agree with you. That was the series. Of, for I once. watched. <laughs> huh. Come on now. I watched most. I maybe missed like a game. And if I did, I was following it on Twitter. I watched most games. And I think after watching all of these games, I too thought that was the most captivating series. It'll be very interesting because, you know, there's this expectation that LeBron is going to be LeBron. But at the same time, they are the seed that they are for a reason, despite his injuries. And even though they're healthy now, they still are coming off of, there's not the flow and chemistry that, you know, they would typically have since he is just now returning. So despite having a healthy roster, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. And he claims, you know, oh, I'm never going to be 100%. How much truth is there to that? Obviously, we know he likes his storylines. Um, plus, I think Chris Paul's shoulder is a little bit concerning. The fact that he went out and came back in a few times. Um, yeah. I don't know. That worries me a little bit because a guy like that's going to want to play unless his shoulder is falling off. So right. yeah, as, as the number one Chris Paul fan in the universe, right? Uh, I was very alarmed. I was very scared. Uh, I was happy to see him come back, but he definitely didn't look like his same self. He did hit a couple classic Chris Paul, weird off balance, mid range jumpers. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's going to be huge. That could be the difference between who wins this series. You know, like you could argue if he's healthy, the Suns are just so much better than the Lakers as a team mm -hmm. that having LeBron is not even going to matter and they're going to win that series. If Chris Paul is out, I don't know how much better they would actually be. Uh, so, you know, it seems like he avoided a major injury. Maybe he'll have to play through some pain, but it looks like he's not going to miss time, uh, which is really nice because he's had a couple really poorly timed injuries in the playoffs before. Uh, so having him healthy especially with the way that the Suns team has played uh, for me personally is very exciting. So yeah, uh, get well soon CP. So should we talk about briefly LeBron violating health and safety protocols and the league literally just saying, yeah, we're going to let it slide. Sure. Because yeah. Which who is a player? There's a really good player right now that 
is not playing due to violating. I'm blanking on who it is. Uh, Karis Levert was out for yeah, a while. Yeah, Levert. That's who it was. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if Levert broke the rules or if he tested positive. I don't think we know for sure. Um, okay. But yeah, LeBron, LeBron was at some sort of party for his like tequila brand or something. Wait, some I thought weird... it was Kendall Jenner's tequila. Was it? I thought it was LeBron's. Okay, maybe it was LeBron's, but all I, I know is I feel is like that, that's a like a weird thing that LeBron probably is into. No, all I know is that Kendall Jenner and LeBron both have te- new tequila brands. It's somehow it is tied into this series. Like, because we know that <laughs> Devin Booker is dating Kendall Jenner. Ah, uh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, you were like, how does Kendall Jenner have to do with this? Somehow, Kendall Jenner is a very big piece in this series. And I haven't <laughs> quite figured out exactly how, but I will... And you will see it on my Twitter. Um, when Kendall Jenner and Ben Simmons were dating, which they were off and on for quite a while, it appears. This uh, is a gossip podcast. Yeah. Uh, people would get so mad when she came to the games. And it like was really confusing. That's just my quick aside. There was like a petition to ban Kendall Jenner from coming to games. It was really weird. Uh, you bringing up Kendall Jenner having an involvement in a series made me think of that. Classic um, Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so LeBron, it seems like it wasn't like that big of a deal. It seems like everybody was either vaccinated or had tested negative. Uh, yeah. But still, not a great look, especially when, you know, you're just hitting the playoffs. Like, of any time that you should be really, like, bunkering down and making sure that you're all good and you're healthy and you're not going to miss time which we don't know if LeBron is vaccinated or not, by the way, but, oh yeah, uh, you know, I do. very I do risky. And, you know, he's lucky that it was a minor infraction and not one that actually caused him to miss any time. Okay. So speaking of Sixers fans hating Kendall Jenner, uh, Madison Square Garden tonight chanted huh. F Trey Young just for Trey Young to hit the game winner and be Trey Young and talk trash to them. Which begs the question, before we even talk about this series, I think that a player like Trey Young chanting F Trey Young is a horrible idea and potentially yeah. can lose your team yeah. the game. Yeah, listen, he showed them he is not one to mess with. Uh, mm-hmm. Some guys get rattled by that stuff. Some guys, it is going to just energize them even more. And then they become assassins. And no, Young, I, I don't even see a scenario where a guy is going to be worse because a crowd chants F him. I feel like every star is going to be energized by that. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about, you know, superstars and stars, then you're probably right. But uh, yeah, they learn the hard way. Do not try to provoke Trey Young. Uh, for as much as he annoys people and a lot of people don't like watching him anymore, which I get. Uh, he is very, very, very good at the game of basketball, uh, and that's my hot. That's my burner take of the week. Trey Young, good at sports, um, right? Okay. Well, my burner take is that Trey Young is intolerable, but good at sports. So that seems like the reasonable take at this point. Annoying, but very good. That's the Trey very Young annoying. Like, despite this is something I just want to quickly say because it's not relevant, and I'm just talking making an excuse to talk about the Grizzlies again. But despite Trey at this moment being better than Jaw, not really disputably, um, 
I'm not taking him over Jaw. And that's kind of a burner take. Because Jaw, I'm just more excited about Jaw. And I just think that Trey wouldn't have worked with the style of play that the Grizzlies have played with for a long time. And I just feel like Jaw's whole vibe is just so exciting and has really... Like, we don't love him because he's great at basketball. We love him and he's great at basketball. And with Trey right. Young, I feel like we would have just loved him because he was good at basketball. Yeah, that's an important distinction. And, like, as an impartial person here, like, you know, Trey Young to me is probably a bit, like, better as a player. But yeah. if you're saying, like, you can watch Trey Young tonight or you can watch John Morant, I'm easily picking John Morant. Just, like, much more exciting player. How much does that mean? I don't know. Like, obviously, the important thing is that you win games, um, which John Moran is doing right now. Um, so it is it is an interesting, like, pair of players to compare to each other. Uh, even if Trey is probably better, at least right now, just as far as, like, impact on the game, uh, I think most people at this point would agree that Ja is much more exciting. It's just much cooler to see Ja flying towards the rim and trying to dunk on somebody than it is seeing Trey Young try to bait someone into fouling him on a jumper. Yeah. Like it just, it's just, exactly. it's just like objectively speaking, much more interesting. Well put. Well Thank put. You. Okay. So Knicks Hawks, I think that'll be an interesting enough series. Um, don't know who I'm rooting for. Cause RJ Barrett kind of annoys me and Trey Young kind of annoys me, but I think I'll go with the Knicks just because it's a nice story a nice story and um i'll give it to him let's let's touch on some other matchups we have here we had the heat bucks which was a very insane game that, that was game actually was awesome. that was the one i only caught the last few minutes so you should take away that game for us yeah first of all i just want to say like we're gonna like do a quick hits on some of the other series like the playoff basketball this year has been so good like literally every single game this entire weekend. It's been a day, you guys. Has been, it yes. has, like every single game has been close at some point in the fourth quarter. Like almost all of them come down the stretch. It's been really like the best basketball we've had since everybody was trapped in the bubble. It's um, because the Knicks are good again. Basketball is yeah, better the when the Knicks. That's what people meant when they said the NBA is better when the Knicks are good. Um yeah, my, the Miami-Milwaukee game was fascinating because Jimmy Butler was, like, pretty awful offensively. And Miami somehow and was still... And Bam didn't play well, did and, he? Right, and Bam was, like, not, yeah, I mean, he he wasn't poor, but he certainly wasn't his usual self. Mm -hmm. And Miami still almost won that game. Uh, you know, to lose a game where you're, you're up for a lot of it, and it goes to overtime, it's that close. That's a really tough loss to overcome when you're the lower seed. Uh, and Chris Middleton deserves tons of credit for, first of all, being awesome in general, but uh, second of all, hitting that game winner with like half a second left. Right. Um, really fun game. Going to be tough for Miami. Game two is tomorrow night, which will be tonight for people listening to this on Monday morning. Mm -hmm. I guess technically it's later tonight because it's past 1 a.m. my time. Uh, but anyways, <laughs> uh, very fun game. <laughs> Uh, and was that supposed to be a joke? What was that supposed to be? No, that wasn't supposed to be a joke. It's one fifteen. Okay, okay, right okay. Now, and I'm, and I'm I can't exhausted. tell with you because you say yeah. everything in the same tone of voice. Yes, I'm very monotonous. <laughs> uh, that is yeah. where we differ. Yeah. 
very fun game. That's a series I've been looking forward to probably more than any other in the East uh, because obviously Miami beat Milwaukee in the second round last year. Uh, and, you know, Milwaukee has a brutal path. to if they want to win the title, they're going to have to beat Miami, then Brooklyn, then the Sixers, and then whoever wins the West. And if you can, you know, run that gauntlet, that is like one of the all-time difficult paths to a title. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they can, you know, if they can get out to a 2 nothing lead in the series, that relieves them of a lot of pressure. Uh, so hopefully for Milwaukee, they can get another win. As someone who honestly just like has never really liked the Bucks, I'm hoping that Jimmy Butler can can grab game two and go back to Miami with home court, but we shall see. Oh man, my dad just texted me. Uh, since we're not really on our phones at all when we record this podcast, he said that Gobert is publicly complaining about the refs and that the Shocker. TNT that the TNT crew is destroying him. So I'm very excited to see that Good. after you know this what podcast. They, you know what he should they they should destroy him and yeah. like it's just the jazz like and they're complaining about officiating is so bizarre oh right like, what, i when forgot they, about that when trend. they were in philly the sixers beat them in overtime and like the entire team ended up getting fined for talking about the refs and like Donovan Mitchell was talking about, like we're continually getting screwed. No, he like, said that they they won the game. Yeah, and he said, yeah, he made some comment like, in my opinion, we won this game, which is just a hilarious thing to say about a game that you lost. Um, but Donovan Mitchell, he like he had some quote about like we're continually getting screwed, and it's like, buddy, you have literally the best record in the NBA. How could they possibly be screwing you over? Like, they've had the best record in the league basically since, like, the first week of the season. Uh, yeah. And, like, ran all the way through and have home court throughout the entire playoffs. Okay, uh, I will say that it's a little funny that the refs don't favor them a little more. Sure. Because they're so good, and I think it's funny because, like, no one, like, wants to admit the jazz are like an elite team you know it's i feel like even the refs are like no yeah you're not getting those superstar calls yeah yeah well it is like it is worth noting that they don't really have a superstar like rudy gobert is obviously like i think the best defensive player in the league i think most people would agree with that donovan mitchell is excellent mike conley is obviously very good ingles boyan bogdanovich all these guys but it is true that they don't like have that superstar guy uh, and we'll see how that affects them during the know. actual playoffs. But it definitely like it probably there is some correlation there between like they don't have anybody who gets superstar calls necessarily. Yeah, I guess I guess it depends on your definition of a superstar because you could make the argument um, for those guys. But like, for example, Mike Conley is clearly I'm kidding. <laughs> that is not the case. OK, OK, we got to touch on some more series. Dallas Clippers, uh, Lakers Twitter was so excited about that until they lost as well. So they could not slander the Clippers for much longer. Luca is all that needs to be said. I mean, Kawhi has kind of not been popping off recently as it kind of looks like he's just a little bit over. There's not that excitement. This Clippers team, I just don't think is going to work out. I've said this for a while now. There's just the vibes are off. But yeah, the vibes there have never been great. Yeah. And it's something I've always noticed. I'm not, you know, a huge vibes person necessarily. 
uh, I would leave that to you in most cases, but it does seem like yeah, the, vibes the vibes are girl. weird. You know the vibes. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, but like you said, Luca is just unbelievable. Uh, he had 31, 11, and 10 on 24 shots. It's just ridiculous, the stuff that he does. Like, the fact that they're he's being guarded by, like, you know, Pat Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. And these are the numbers he's putting up in playoff games. Mm-hmm. And, and he did the same thing to the Clippers last year, and they and he had that awesome step-back game winner. They didn't end up winning the series, but still. Don't talk uh, about Luka game winners. Actually, I don't care. We're in the playoffs. Yeah. Over it. Yeah. Uh, Luka is just unbelievable. It's like, like, of course, I'm just stating the obvious here, but it like really is like special and we should all like recognize how cool it is to see someone this good, this young, because he's going to have like a truly historic career. I mean, how many times is he going to get MVP of the league? Honestly, I think more, I think he could easily end up with multiple MVPs. I agree. Which is like not a small feat. Like almost nobody does that. Yeah. I, I, I just, the way he's going, it seems like, it's going to be hard to touch him. Yeah. I mean, quick shout out to the Pelicans. <laughs> Adam's like, oh no, where is this going? Yeah. Um, because you guys, I want you guys to finally admit that my tweet where I said that the Grizzlies are what Adam Silver and the league wanted the Pelicans to be is factual. Adam, can you agree with that? This season... Uh- yeah, I mean, I like I, it makes sense in that, like, you know, everybody thought the Pelicans were going to be this, like, really good young team with a bunch of good players who all fit well together, and they weren't that, and the Grizzlies are that. So it definitely, you know, makes sense in that regard. Uh, yeah. You know, and part of it is just because, like, I'm a basketball nerd, so I love a team like the Grizzlies that just, like, drafts really well and has a good player development system and isn't necessarily getting, like, big max free agents you know, that and doing that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies, I think, unquestionably have been more fun and interesting than the Pelicans. I'm just really shocked that you brought the conversation back to the Grizzlies again. <laughs> He's not shocked. Okay. All I want to say is that when Pel- if in the future and even this next coming season, Pelicans fans bring that up if they're playing better than us, I just want to say that I think you guys will get better it's just taking you longer than the league wanted it to be uh the league wanted zion to instantly come in i feel like the play-in tournament was low-key invented to get zion into the playoffs yeah anyways i think we maybe have like one or two series left to touch on blazers nuggets is one that we haven't discussed yeah um i didn't catch part i didn't catch all of that game i don't know if you did or not but uh, but Damian Lillard I didn't, was awesome. I, that was the other one I didn't catch, actually. Yeah, well, Damian Lillard was awesome. You can just tell from the box score. I think he had like 14 assists or something and obviously scored a bunch. Um, I think that I one of my stronger opinions was that the Nuggets were going to win that series, which seems like an unpopular opinion now. I still agree, um, even though they took game one. Yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see. I believe game two of that series is Monday night. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see how Jokic and, and the Nuggets can bounce back and, you know, what they what their limits are without Jamal Murray. Obviously, that injury was a huge bummer, but they've been able to keep winning games without him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so yeah, that's a that's a series that you know I'm interested in just because of Robert Covington, who who remains my favorite non Chris Paul player. Uh, and uh, really, really, where does a Sixers player rank on this list? I would say, all right, I would say Chris Paul, Joel Embiid, and then there Robert Covington. There I think that's go. that's a fair top three i can't believe you haven't been canceled yet from six yeah i really also can't believe that i haven't been canceled it's it's either (laughs) that like nobody cares or nobody's listening to the podcast hopefully it's just that nobody cares okay if you're listening to the podcast hashtag cancel adam if anyone tweets that if anyone tweets that i will literally no i can't promise them anything I was about we'll to say follow you, you on the, we'll follow you from the burners and basketball Twitter account. Oh, there you go. We will follow you. We will retweet you. Most importantly, please hashtag cancel Sixers Adam. Yes, I might tweet it if no one else does. Anyways, um, what do you think? I guess we should touch back. Speaking of Sixers, do you think the Wizards are going to win a game or so? I think they I think they probably get one. Okay. Uh, just be, like I think the Sixers are much much better and if they end up sweeping, I would not be shocked at all. Um but Russell with the way Westbrook has been playing recently and the way Beal has been playing the last like 2 years, when you have like two guys, especially guards who are that good, it's really hard to get swept. That's true. Uh, so just because of the respect I have for those guys, I think it'll go 5 games. Um but not I don't think it'll be uh, you know, something where the Sixers are ever in real jeopardy of losing control of the series. Uh, it might just be one of those gentleman sweeps where you go up 3-0, you lose game four, and then you come back and win in five. Um, yeah, that's what the Grizzlies are going to do to the Jazz. To the Jazz. <laughs> um, I can't believe you thought of a way to bring that back to the Grizzlies. You never do that. Yeah, I never do that. It's really rare. Uh, I just yeah. felt like since I never talk about the Grizzlies on this podcast. Yeah, I don't even know who your favorite team is. I can't even remember. You know, I'm a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I think mm. anyone that knows don't me even knows don't that. even joke about that. I'm sorry, I couldn't have. I yeah, I'm not a I'm not team. a Bucks guy. Okay, well, you're not a Bucks guy. You guys, these next few episodes, these next few weeks, we might even start being wild and doing two a week sometimes because there's going to be so much ground to cover. Um, if you have stuck through us through the end, thank you for putting up with my Grizzlies, high off Grizzlies win uh, reactions. And Adam, is there anything we're forgetting about the playoffs? I mean, we uh, obviously couldn't go too in depth into certain teams. Any notes? Yeah, you have? the the only other thing we didn't talk about is the Boston Brooklyn series. Correct, uh, because game one of that Tristan was interesting. Thompson is not beating the Nets. Right. Yeah, it was it was interesting because the Celtics were playing really well for the first like two and a half quarters of that of game one, and it was like, oh, cool, you know, they're giving them, you know, the Celtics don't don't have nearly as much talent, and then the Nets just like went and bulldozed them. Yeah, and it's just I don't like see. they have Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving all on the same team, and I know that like of course we know this, like the trade happened many months ago. We know that they have all those guys, but when you actually watch it. It's like, wow, they actually like Kyrie Irving is the third best scorer on yes. the team. Like, think yes. about how crazy that is. Um, yeah. And as good as Jason it's, Tatum is, it's just not enough. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. And Tatum is amazing. And and they miss Jalen Brown a lot. Kemba Walker right. had a rough night. But 
Yeah, it's just jarring to watch the Nets and see how much talent they have. Are and you it scared? Really just, honestly, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> as someone who wants, like, even forgetting the whole, like, growing up a Sixers fan thing, just for, like, the sake of wanting to cover the NBA Finals, I want the Sixers yes. to make it, make it out of the East. Uh, and I am terrified of Brooklyn from that standpoint because I think there's a real chance that they might just like figure it, figure it out on the fly and then just destroy everyone and win a title. Uh, it's just, it's just ridiculous that they have those three guys all at the same time. I, it's like, to me, it's even more jarring than the Miami big three, just because all three guys are like, all three guys could lead their own team and score 30 points a game. Right. But it's like, I mean, I know maybe it's not talked about as much still, but I mean, defense or lack thereof is what is going to cause the Celtics to have a chance for a half, you know? Um, Right. Yeah, that's that's the issue with them is what happens defensively. But the thing is, you can give up 120 points if you're going to score 130 points. So that's true. It might just be it might just not matter because nobody can stop them, whether your defense is good or not. Um I would love to be proven wrong, especially if it's the Sixers who beat them and then the Sixers win the East. Um, Or even if it's Milwaukee, I think it would just be cool to see. Uh, And, you know, would be ultimate chaos on NBA Twitter, which is always something to root for. Um, (laughs) But yeah, that series is interesting. Um, My dad, who's a Celtics fan, is upset at me for for making a joke about the Celtics having to play in the playing game last week. So I'm not going to make any anti-Celtic jokes. Anymore. Is there one that was on your mind? No, nothing on my mind now. <laughs> I am I am leaving that open-ended. Oh my god, you're you have to let loose sometimes. You can't be afraid. I love Mike Conley. Like I'm sure the level you love your father, but I still made <laughs> yeah, jokes. Yeah, that's the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. But I still made jokes. So just gotta yeah, do it. Fair, fair. Although, you know, I'm not playing my dad in a playoff series right now, so. Okay, but you're right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you good. win. Yeah. It's too late. I have no rebuttal. It's like 1 a.m. Yeah, it's, it's 1.30 in the morning. Uh, I we, forgive you. Adam tried to record this earlier. He's like, oh, can we actually record before the Grizzlies game? And I said, no. I don't yeah. care how tired you are. That is not a thing that is going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I'm just so tired. That it would have okay. been nice. You know, I could be asleep for a couple hours by now, but you kept me awake to do this stupid podcast. I'm so sorry that you had to watch the Grizzlies beat the Utah Jazz. I bet hmm. that was so painful for you. Huh. It, it was pretty fun. I'm glad. I'm glad it ended up working out the way it did. There you go. Okay, so we've touched on every series. We will touch on them more in detail in future episodes. I mean, the Grizzlies clearly had to be the star because they are the star. Any so, any so, anyways, it is late. It's late. Um, do not forget to follow us on Twitter, Burners and B-Ball. Email us anything, questions, comments, concerns, Burners and Basketball at gmail.com. Hashtag Burner Take for any hot takes you have. Hashtag Cancel Sixers Adam just because it's fun. Thank nice. you guys so much for listening. Uh, we are so grateful for all of the support. From all of our millions of listeners. Um, The millions and millions. 
Thank you for helping us build this podcast. It's been so much fun and it's going to be even more fun in the playoffs. Um, here for the classic Sixers Adam sign off. Adam, any words? Go Grizzlies. Yes, I was going to say it if you didn't. Hmm. Go Grizzlies. Thank you, everyone. Yes.